0: Alright, so, uh, starting another brand new year. And, um uh, I listened to a lot of different preachers, you know, for, to just get some more incentive and, and study and, and perspective and different things like that. I noticed a, a trend over the last few months that everybody kind of had the same type of message. They were pushing for the end of year giving you know, and then talking about the uh, this upcoming year and how that's going to be a banner year, how it's going to be a year of jubilee and how it's going to be your best year yet, and how it's going to be the best year for the church. And uh, that's all well and good, except it's not true. Because... We can't, as an individual, as a pastor, as a person, we can't control what anyone else is going to do. And if you are going to have a banner year, if the church is going to have a great year, if all these things are going to come to pass, each and every person has to do their part. They have to be in agreement. They have to take the steps that God has laid out to allow Him to work in each individual's life so we can have a great life, so we can have our prayers answered, so we can have things come to pass. And it's a real problem when they're talking about how great things are going to be and how you need to sow seeds and how this new year is going to be so grand. But they lack telling you how to accomplish these things. They don't tell you what our role is. Because it's not all on God. And what happens is, when they make all of these promises, then God gets to blame when things don't come to pass. And God is never at fault. God doesn't have the lack. God doesn't forget. God doesn't do. Whenever there is a problem, the problem is on our end. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to speak in your house again, Father, to speak your word. We ask you to open your heart our hearts and minds, Father, so we may receive it, take it in, to be able to etch it on our hearts, Father, be able to reuse it at any time that we need it, Father. As ask you to take myself out of the way and just let your true message shine through. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Now, many people today are going to be hearing messages about the positivity of the year and how grand things are going to be. And You know, I've been there too. Last year, in this very same spot, I was speaking on the roadmap for the new year. More importantly, we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to understand these principles, which are very simple. God has not made it complicated for us. and He's telling us everything that we need to know. We can have our prayers answered. We can be healed. We can have our needs met. All we have to do is learn how to do that through God's Word. And that's what my uh, plan for us is moving forward. If you want to plan for the new year, here it is. It's so we can learn the elements in God's word so we can have our prayers answered. So we can sow seeds and be able to reap the harvest of the seeds that we plant. So we will not be in lack. So we will not be behind. We will not be sick. We will not be... Suffering when we don't have to. Let's start today in James chapter 1. I want to start in verse 6. James 1 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavered is like the way of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not man think, for he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that is the title of today's message is Double Minded. God is our source. Everything he had recorded in his word was handpicked for us because we needed the example of it. So we see in the beginning, we have the picture painted of what things should have been like. We have Adam and Eve in the garden, and all of their needs are taken care of. We have shelter, food, everything at arm reach, and they had to do nothing for it. That was God's plan for us. He is our source. God tells us things like, we have not because we ask not. His answers are yes and amen. He will not leave us or forsake us. God is here. God is our source. So what do we do? Have you ever had a problem come upon you and it seemed overwhelming? And we start panicking and we start running through scenarios and we start thinking about how can we fix the problem? Oftentimes we turn to prayer as a last resort. We seek God only when we can't do anything else. We have no other options. And hopefully that we're starting to overcome that kind of thing. So, we may have an upcoming problem and we pray about it. But do we leave it at that? Or do we start continuing to worry about the problem? What is it are we doing in this time when we're waiting on God? Do we uh, just leave it alone? Or do we ever work on a plan B? You know, uh, a plan B. So, if God doesn't come through, we have another option. Like if we're in the need of healing, but we think there's a chance that maybe God's not going to do it for us, so we go ahead and start making our plans for our death. That's a plan B. Or maybe we want to go find some kind of experimental drug or experimental doctor that will work on it, because that's our plan B. Maybe we have a... Uh, a financial issue and we're praying for God for help but yet we might want to go see some shady methods of procuring the funds just in case God doesn't come through. There's all different kind of ways that we come from for a plan B. See we, we try to put God in a box. We try to think of how we would handle the situation or how we want God to handle the situation. And more often times than not, the way God's going to do it is a way we haven't even thought of. Because God's mind is not like our mind. God's got something better. God's got something in the works and, and most of the time we're not even going to see it coming. But the thing is, we cannot have a plan B if we are walking fully in faith in fact a plan B is a absence of faith it is saying that God may not come through God may not do it for me this may not come to pass you have doubt Everything I just said is doubt. So we combat this doubt by having our plan B. Debt, my friends, is double-mindedness. We are, on one hand, believing that God is going to answer our prayers. But on the other hand, we are coming up with something else. Just in case he doesn't. Two different trains of thought. Our heart can only fulfill one thing at a time. We can only serve one master. And what is on our mind, what is on our heart, that is what's going to drive Everything else. Now, let's say we're in need of a of a vehicle, and we we pray God, we ask God, we, I need help here. I need this. This is my need. This is what I have. Help me out, God. But then again, we go and go do something above our means, and we may take in pick the first thing that comes along even though it doesn't seem right because we are trying to fulfill that need so God is going to allow that to happen he's going to allow you to get the second best because that is what your heart is desiring where he has something better Something more reliable, something more fancier, something's better, something's cheaper. But he's giving you the desire of your heart. Because you're not fully trusting him. We're losing things. We think we're gaining something, but we're actually losing. What is the cost? We spend more. We get something less than. I heard an interesting story in my studies that kind of put this into perspective. And um, there was a man, and he uh, relied on on hunting season. He had a large family. So if he could go out and get a deer for the season that meat would feed his family for months and that was money they did not have to spend in a supermarket that was money they could put towards other things because things were very tight so this was very important to him and through studying the word of God he began to learn about some of these principles And he began seeking God to be his source to provide him with this meat that he needed. And he believed it. And what happened was, through his faith, every year he got his meat. Then one year he discovered that in the state that he was in that they had a system where the uh, highway officers would had a list and they would call people to collect up deer that had to get hit by cars so he politely put himself on that list and what happened was when he did that his Time in the woods was spent in vain. Because what happened? He became double minded. He took himself out of the faith that God was going to provide and he gave himself a backup plan. So, the backup plan, what took precedence over. So, instead of him being able to go out and gather it himself, he had to settle for the roadkill that was given to him for being on the list God still provides but he provided in a less than way because of his double mindedness God's plan for us is always better always better Many times, you know, we have our situation and we run through all the scenarios and we kind of want to tell God how to take care of it. You know, I could understand how that could be very frustrating for God. Because if you've ever been a professional in your field, could you imagine if you walked into your doctor's office and you told the doctor what kind of treatment you needed instead of letting him examine you if you went to your mechanic and tried to tell the mechanic how to fix your car he might be a little offended if you walk into your restaurant and tell the the cook how to prepare the meal that might not turn out so good God is the professional. He knows everything. And whatever the situation you're in, He knows about it. And there's things at work when it comes to God that we're not even aware of. You know, as I was was reading this morning, um, working on something else, reading this morning, and... uh, reading about Peter and just some of the situations that he went through and and when you, you read about it and you think about it it just seems you know just wow you know why is it that God took this route why did he show us this and it's just that to show us something can you imagine that just think about that for a minute this is the greatness and the power of God something that happened thousands of years ago God was allowing it to happen the way it happened so it could be recorded, so we could be standing here in a church all over the place and reliving it so we can get vast knowledge for it. We can get a lesson that will stick with us and change our lives for the course of the rest of our lives. What foresight is that? We can't even prepare ourselves for the week ahead. Our plans change consistently. Things don't work out. Things run behind. We get off schedule. And then everything's off. But not God. God has things planned from the beginning to the end. He knows how to take us from a little bitty baby to an old adult and fill in every moment along the way but yet we still think that we can do it better on our own we still think that we have it better that we can tell God how to do things and it's going to somehow be better we have to trust in God we spent years of our lives being programmed a certain way programmed to the world and oftentimes not even taught the right way you know people have the, the, the wrong idea about how God works and we hear it and we believe it and we live it and that's what it is we, and we're stuck with it but we don't have to be We can change. And we have to. A lot of times, what God is telling us is not going to make sense to us because it don't seem natural. But God is not natural. God is supernatural. God is not confined to this world. God God is not confined to what is normal. And I use that word so loosely. Because look at the world that we've been in. In the time that we've been here, look how much things have changed. Things that was normal 20 years ago is totally different today. Things that was perfectly fine 30 years ago is now not politically correct. We have to worry about things like school shootings that was never a possibility 40 years ago we have all these different things but the one thing that's remained constant is God and the world keeps getting worse and worse telling us that we do not need him and telling the lies of Satan that everything is just the way it should be but it's not things have been Corrupt since the very beginning. And they just continue to keep corrupting and corrupting and corrupting. We do not have to tolerate that. We have the truth. The word is the truth. And we can have an abundant life. And we're going to keep going through this. And next week we're going to look about how God takes what we have and multiplies it. How no matter who we are, what we have, how little it may seem, how insignificant we may think we are, how unequipped, unqualified, that God can take it and multiply it. God cannot be put into words about how magnificent He is. We all have to make choices, though. We can keep going along just the way we are but nothing's going to change you know sometimes we get a glimpse we kind of get things just right there for a second we may not know exactly how, how we pulled it off how we aligned up with the kingdom of heaven but we do, we all get them opportunities to see the power of God for some reason it doesn't seem to want to stick with us Why is it that we don't want to have a continual flow from the kingdom of heaven? We get comfortable where we're at. And when we're stepping out in faith, that's not comfortable. Sometimes it's downright scary. But that's where we have to operate. You know, uh, they don't have faith in heaven because they're in the presence of God. We have to operate in faith. We have to, to allow God to flow into our lives. I could have stood up here today and talked about how great this upcoming year is going to be and what we can do. But the thing is, I'm just a person. And I can't control what anyone else does. I can't make them promises because they're not my promises to make. I can't make you come to church. I can't make you pay your tithes. I can't make you participate. I can't make you believe. I can't make you pray. I can't make you do any of them things, and neither can God. We have to want to. We have to want to show up. We have to want to be present. We all have to want to be generous. We want to want to have to do. We all have to want to. So, what does your want today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to to speak your word, Father. And I ask today, Father, for a a want amongst the people that no matter how long that people's had a relationship with you, no matter how much they think they know, Father, there is still more to be learned. And so many times that we get to the point where the things seem routine and, and mundane and, and that fire that we had when we first got saved has kind of been quenched a bit. That life and the world has kind of just washed over us and and kind of extinguished that fire. Father, I ask that the fire once again will burn bright. That we'll have a, a want and a passion to learn about you, to turn to you, Father, to be part of you. And that we'll be able to overcome the thing of, of double-mindedness, Father. That we can know that you are the only way. And that everything else is not what we need. That you'll give us the, the strength to be able to recognize these double-minded thoughts. To be able to, to shut them down and make it easier each and every time they occur, Father. To be able to shut them down and just have our faith put in you. I ask, Father, that anyone that has a need that they will no longer be keeping it to themselves, Father, to be able to give it to you. That the, the ones that have not yet made that decision, Father, to, to turn their lives over to you will make that step. The ones that are searching for a place to belong, Father, in a church home will make that step. Whatever the need is, Father, I ask that the shackles be broken and that today will be a changing day in their lives. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen team in your handles, please.